0: The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. We're also brought to you by the Game Time Snag Tickets Without the Stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase and save $20. Download the Game Time app and use code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog Pick'em in college or NFL. Win up to 20x in one game. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit Hall of Fame Bets, HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. I'm just about that action, boss. Back with another edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Know me, know the voice of the guy. It's me, really real villain, real Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. Hey, boy, we are in it for another week. Wait, I didn't play my theme music. Tell them to bring me my money. Here comes the money. Here we go.
1: Money talk.
0: talk. Here comes the money. Money, money. And you know, uh, if you told me you got to the money, did we hit the lock of Chiefs minus four and a half? No. Did we hit the touchdown score of Jedd McCarron of Jarek McKinnon? I couldn't even talk right. No, we didn't hit that either. But what I did give you was a good. 11 to 1, first touchdown bet for Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he covered the whole day. We we were good on the day, thanks to Amon Ross. Shout out to Amon Ross St. Brown. First touchdown, 11 to 1. We were able to get that. So we, we brought in some cash. We made some profit over the first episode. You know I got my co-host with me, Scott Studio, right? Show. Scott, what's going on? Scott,
1: uh, nothing much.
0: Surprise everybody's just all out of sorts today.
1: Well, I was ready. I I was waiting for the sound effect to kick in. It didn't. So then I jumped in and the sound effect kicked in right after that. So I I did wait a little bit, but yeah, doing okay. Uh, Can't uh, overall, not the best day for the jets yesterday with all the injuries, but they won. So there's that, but yeah, Rogers died, which isn't exactly fun. But besides that for the Thursday night game last week, overall, the picks for me were Okay. Unfortunately, I picked the wrong pick for the lock, but I did go 2-1 and one on the props, and I like the under, so it wasn't that bad. Overall, pretty decent episode for me, but hopefully this game has a little bit more offensive firepower to it.
0: Uh, I mean, it could, or we could be looking at the same thing as last year, and maybe Thursday night unders are just a thing. Like maybe it's just, it was really, really good to us last year, no matter what the situation was, no matter how good you felt the offices was, that game still found a way to go out under almost what? every, every time
1: game went under It's three, and zero this year.
0: Yeah. And so, all right. I mean, <sighs> to set? say this, uh, you know what? I'm going to save my Giants rant for the afternoon pick show because we picked that show. We picked that one on the afternoon pick show. I'm going to save the Giants rant for that one. We're not going to handle that here on Thursday Night Football. I need another day. Kramer was able to and shout out to Kramer for uh, being able to stand in the fire and speak out to the DJs about what the Giants mm-hmm. did right after it happened. And, you know, I, I truly commend him. And being able to do that and being able to be strong enough to have that conversation like he was with the DJs and the community and talk about the discretion, the transgressions that the New York football giants put us through. I'm not there. I'm not there and I'm not ready. We'll, uh, You know, we'll try this again when it comes time for the afternoon pick show. That gives me almost a week, and I think that I'll be able to respond and speak on it then. But as of right now, I'm I'm not there. I'm not healed. I'm not healed from it completely. So uh, that's my statement on the Giants. You'll have to wait two more days, and then I'll give my official statement. But my statement now is that there is no statement until the afternoon picks episode. And I respect you all respecting my privacy at this time. So I appreciate it. Getting on to the game that's actually being played on Thursday night, we have, wait, before we do that, were you impressed, because we know we're talking Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles, were you impressed by either team in week one, (laughs) I mean, clearly not the Vikings, they lost outright as five and a half point favorites, but did the Eagles impress you?
1: Not really. I thought they actually looked kind of Mm -hmm. underwhelming. They were gifted 16 points to start the game, and they almost blew it against New England. I thought New England was dead to rights. Going into the season, I thought New England was going to be a last-place team. I thought they were, once again, not very good. And it looked like it early on. It was 16-0, about five minutes in or so, and the next thing you know, they just looked awful for the rest of the game. Now, you could argue some of it was weather-related, but it just seemed like the entire Eagles' offense was out of sorts. Uh, Hurts did not play particularly well. The ground game was okay. I mean, they really didn't do much with Gainwell leading the group, and Swift didn't do anything, and they acquired Penny, who was a healthy scratch. But they didn't really do much offensively for most of the game because if you think about the 16 points, one of them was a pick six for the touchdown. So Mm -hmm. the Eagles' offense wasn't great. The defense, I thought, was not great in the secondary, but that defensive line with Jalen Carter was very, very good. Carter was incredible. I think Carter really kind of dominated the game on the defensive line. He impressed me for the overall team? No. And for Minnesota, I thought Tampa was alive in that game. So I'm not totally shocked Minnesota blew it, but yeah, you know, it's Minnesota. So them losing to anybody is like the Chargers losing to anybody. You're not surprised. You're just disappointed.
0: Yeah, ah, uh, man. I mean,
1: we'll mention the Chargers again in the afternoon sh- in the afternoon games pod. But you get my point. It's a it's a pretty solid historical group of evidence which suggests that Minnesota losing to any team does not really surprise anybody anymore.
0: Yeah, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And I mean, I was on Bucks and points at that point, so I I definitely wasn't surprised. But. Uh, I, I made the Patriots my dog in the afternoon pick show, and I was one foot away from the Patriots going and winning that football game. Yep. I truly believe that if he got that foot down and converted that fourth down, the Patriots were going on to win that game and they were going to shock the Philadelphia Eagles. This, this team is <laughs> this team for a defense that had so many expectations, Mac Jones still threw for 300 plus yards. Yep. I mean We'll talk about them a little bit more, but before we do that, I gotta talk to you about. Whoa, if they would ever load, there we go. DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they have this sweet new deal where you can just bet five dollars on football, it doesn't matter, just bet five dollars on football, and you can get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets for all new customers. Don't miss out on the action. Make sure you tap into DraftKings and be able to do that. You can go and Put $5 on this game, whether, you know, you are fading the Philadelphia Eagles being able to cover the number of any amount of points after the trip, you know, what they did this Sunday. Or if you're fading Kirk Cousins in prime time, just put $5 either side. It doesn't even matter if the bet wins. As soon as you place it, you'll get the $200 instantly in bonus bets. Head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, download the app, use code SGP to sign up, and that will get you the promotion, $5 to take home, $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Russell you by the game time app, buying tickets should never be stressful. I don't make them stressful. I just do what I always do. I wait to the last minute. And you know why I'm comfortable waiting to the last minute? It's because I can get tickets to what basically almost anything I want on the game time app at the lowest possible price. Look here, Monday Night Raw was here in Norfolk just last night. And my brother was able to go. I was able to send my brother. He went and had a good time on Monday Night Raw, and we used the Game Time app to get those tickets on the same day. So great. Just browse through the app and see what's going on in your area, what you might want get, to get into. Definitely make sure you do that. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty, here. Let's get into it. The Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia Eagles in their home opener. Eagles open up as a seven-point favorite. They have stayed true to seven. 48 48 is where the line opened. The line is now at 49. Money is coming in on the over on a Thursday night. Let's looky here and see if we can decipher an injury report here for the Philadelphia Eagles. We have...
1: I know Dean's out for a while.
0: Yeah, he went down uh, with a foot injury. He's on IR, and so he's not even eligible to come back until four weeks from now, so week six. So, Kobe Dean, the linebacker, he's out for a while. You're going to have uh, Fletcher Cox... Looks like he was limited in practice in Tuesday, with a oh does it yeah a rib injury. Fletcher Cops was limited with a rib injury. You have James Bradbury with a concussion; he's questionable again. This is a short week, people. So James Bradbury with concussion; he's questionable uh, for Tuesday as well. Kenny Gainwell with the rib injury did not practice, and Reed Blankenshit, the safety, with a rib injury as well. Ooh, these ribs—they need to go talk to Sam. How are all did all not practice so james bradbury reed Blankenship, kenny gainwell did not practice left Fletcher cox was limited in practice lookie here for the minnesota vikings whenever i can get it back up uh there we go all right minnesota vikings Looking here, what they what they had in an early injury report, and that is not it. Can I please get the injury report for this week? Thank you very much, Garrett Bradbury. It the center did not practice on Monday or Tuesday, so he missed two days of practice. We'll see what he'll look like Wednesday before the game. He has a back injury. Christian Dariusol, well tackle. Limited in practice Monday and Tuesday with the an ankle injury and Marcus Davenport coming over from the Saints. Linebacker limited in practice with an ankle on Monday and Tuesday as well. So not looking good for Garrett Bradbury missing two days of practice. Derisaw and Davenport were limited in the first two days. That is actually a pretty interesting injury report here. So
1: <sighs> there's, there's an elephant in the room we haven't discussed yet.
0: Yeah. And I think. I I don't know if it might actually be a small elephant. I don't think it's as big as an elephant as you think, but this is a primetime game and Kirk Cousins is playing. But Kirk Cousins plays better on Thursday nights than you would actually think.
1: Yeah, he does. So it's mostly it, Sunday night and Monday night that he's had issues, but yeah,
0: Thursday night hasn't hasn't actually been that bad for him. I was going through the through it and just looking at him and Thursday on a short week—that's really what it was. So uh, there's one Friday game where he had five days, but I was just looking at him on a short week and he's he's actually played pretty all right. I mean, the win losses are basically about even because he's had a bunch of sucky teams, but he's put up some numbers. So I, I don't know. I think Kirk Cousins might. Just watching that Eagles game with the amount of money that I had on the Patriots in that one. The Eagles defense looks so exposed, man. And now if you're telling me, you know, now you lost Dean, that's another death piece gone. Bradbury, I'm is he playing on a short week with a concussion? I don't think so. I, I really don't think he's I don't either. on a you missed
1: so, the show. You miss first two days of practice and you have a Thursday game. I, I doubt you're gonna play. So
0: that's another, you know, corner. You got to go down the further down the depth chart for corner for the rest of the game as well. I I think that this I think this Eagles defense is going to get exposed in this one. I really do. I think they're going to get a little bit exposed. And just with the little things, like it was just little things that they just weren't doing right. Like somebody open across the middle of the field, a lapse in coverage here or there, like just little small things that in the, you know second half of that game, Max Jones was really, not even second half, really outside of the first quarter. Mac Jones was really giving it to him a couple of times. And I'm honestly kind of concerned because this doesn't look like one of the top defenses they were projected to be.
1: I feel like the only concern I have is that it's at 7. I know that there are still some six and halfs available if you do want to take Philly. And if you do want to take Minnesota, do you think you're better off taking it now or waiting? I don't think it's going up. I mean, crossing 7 is a big number. That's why I'm asking. It's yeah, probably more I don't likely to go back down to 6.5. Yeah, but I do not think it's going up. The only thing that I do want to say for Philly on Philly's behalf I thought the defensive line was solid and we did mention the injuries that Minnesota's offensive line has, mm-hmm. whether it involves the tackle or the center, it's a problem. And we know that cousins is a statue. So if there's a lot of pressure, he's screwed. And yep. I guess the question that I have for you, even though Philly's defense wasn't great, do you still think Philly's defense is better than Tampa's because Justin Jefferson, well, had let me say, yards, this.
0: I think real quick, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but real quick. The run defense was good. Let me give you that. The run defense was very, yeah. very good. They stopped everything on the inside. They couldn't get anything going. It's against the pass and Mac Jones in the air. That's where the secondary. That's really where my discontent was.
1: The reason why I'm asking is because Minnesota, also against Tampa, couldn't run the ball. Cousins at 340-plus passing yards. Jefferson had 150 po- at 150 yards. And they scored, what, two touchdowns in the entire game? Yeah, that's that's kind of my question. Minnesota just couldn't finish off drives. Cousins had a couple of really bad turnovers in plus territory, and I just have concerns about Minnesota finishing off drives. Now, a lot of us expected Minnesota to regress, and I don't know if it's ironic or it's just perfect timing that the main argument was they're not going to go undefeated in one-score games again, and they immediately lost a one-score game in week one at home, which I find kind of funny. But the question that I guess that I have with Minnesota is, how do you grade their offense in week one? Because they moved the ball. Jefferson was great. They just couldn't score touchdowns. So, like, how do you grade the offense from week one? Do you think, I think Tampa's that's a little defense bit
0: of, is good? It's, it's a little bit of positive regression. I mean, I think Tampa. Tampa's always, like, had a pretty solid defense. That's like, why they, I'm asking. They, they, because they moved the yeah. ball.
1: They just couldn't score. So, you can go yeah. either way.
0: I think that they were just – the defense was coached up really well that game. And, you know, they just – again, it was Kirk Cousins, and he they didn't – Cup finish drives positive regression maybe but I think that at least numbers wise and putting up numbers wise I think the Vikings do like that if you looked at the box score you're you're really looking at them cousins had like 300 yard passing day like you're yeah, looking at right them and right like how right. did you lose that's this drive and yeah. so that's what but that's what gives me good feelings on a short week is that they trust the offense they know the offense works now let's just figure out a way to put the ball in the end zone like, let's, let's not keep having these long drives and coming away with no points. Let's find a way to be safe with the football and let's be a lot better in our play calling when we get into plus territory so that we don't put cousins in a bad situation. We don't put anybody in a bad situation and we find a way to put the ball in the end zone. And so that's an adjustment that I'm like, okay, you can make that on a short week and feel pretty good instead of trying to find a way that you have to revamp the whole offense because you weren't able to move the ball at all. So
1: just to actually read off some stats here. Minnesota lost the game 20 to 17. They outgained Tampa by 127 yards. They had 369 yards of offense, which is solid in general, and they scored 17 points. So that's kind of why I was why I was asking. It's really tough to grade Minnesota from week 1 offensively because they move the ball They just were useless after midfield. They just couldn't get enough end zone opportunities, and they turned it over, and a couple of self-inflicted wounds there decided the game. Philly, they were not very good in week one. I am going to ask you, though, how much of that do you think is serious regression from the team, and how much of that is none of the starters played any preseason games and there was a bit of rust involved? It's probably
0: I couldn't tell you how much is each, but I know both of them played a factor.
1: Okay, sure so I guess open. what I'm asking yeah. is the offensive, particularly the passing game for Philly, did not look great. Do you think that was mostly rust? Because I'm assuming they're going to look better because Minnesota. I've roasted their pass defense for the last year and a half, and I still don't think they really addressed it. The only th- reason why the numbers were decent against Tampa was because Baker is still not great. I know, I know, he had the big run uh-huh. at the end to get the first down, but he's still not a mo- he's not a very talented quarterback. And Mike Evans also dropped a free touchdown which had happened, which would have gotten them like 100 yards and two touchdowns. I still think Minnesota's secondary is brutal. And you're looking at Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I think Minnesota's defense might get torched here. Maybe that's why there's money on the over. They expect Uh Philly to move the ball, and they think that Philly's defense is overrated. So maybe that's why you see money on the over. But for the sake of the spread, I think I'll take Philly Uh 6.5 because I do see a a 6.5 available. I just think Philly's the better team. I don't think Minnesota's good and I'll die on that hill. I'm assuming you're taking Minnesota plus the 7.
0: Yeah, because I don't think Philly I don't think Philly's as good as you're making them out to be. Like That's I right. I really don't. I from what I saw because again, and I'm only using your words, how bad you it projected the Patriots to be and the Patriots were in that game after giving them 16 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Just a free much. 16 points. Like, it, was, so... it, was, it was
1: very bad by Philly, but I'm hoping with the home opener, it was also the weather wasn't the greatest in Foxborough, which could have neutralized a bit of the passing game. But mm-hmm. that's also a hypocritical argument because Mac Jones moved the ball well in the rain. So I can't even. Yeah, like so... like, <laughs> I, I'm saying I'm aware of the hypocrisy <laughs> with that, but yeah, it's, I, Kirk I, Cousins, it's, it's a dome team playing outdoors. Philly killed this team last year on the, at home. I'm not sure if that matters because Philly turned out to be a very good football team, but I just, once again, have question marks about Cousins and this Minnesota offense and the pass defense. I think Philly mm. gets back on track with the passing game. I like the uh, under, though. I'm not taking the over. I, I, I can't trust Minnesota's offensive line with all the injuries against this defensive line. I, I just don't trust it. I think that Cousins is going to get killed.
0: I think I'm actually on Minnesota and over. I think that I think this is Minnesota coming back out and having a shootout with the Eagles. And, again, you said it yourself. They said that they weren't going to go undefeated in one score games, but they're going to play one score games. Like if Minnesota is going to do anything, they're going to play one score game. So I, I like taking the points, whether they win or lose, because I think that they're going to keep this game close regardless. And, but if for me, it's the fact that Bradbury is out. He's like that, but they have so, they basically have the same problem. Well, not problem, but a good problem. Well, so it's probably not a problem anymore, but either way, that the browns have where they have such good corners that they trust that can really cover somebody that they can bring all this pressure and everything and be able to be so bradbury being out you're lim- more limited in what you can do like you are extremely bradbury made plays in that game as well against the patriots before going out as well so it's like not having bradbury there that's gonna mean something not having a Kobe Dean there, that's going to mean something. Like, those those defensive – and then let's – didn't even mention Fletcher Cox, who's limited. I mean, it sounds like if you're limited, you're probably going to play. But if he ends up going down at all, you could just punch this thing goodbye. I think Kirk Cousins is going to torch this team. So uh, I think that we're going to get a better Kirk Cousins game than anybody expects – and I think that the Vikings are going to keep this one. At the very least, keep it close. Maybe they lose a one-score game, but I'm taking them plus seven for sure.
1: I think Minnesota's offensive line is going to have problems. So I'm going to lean to Philly, but I'm going to lean to the under in primetime because it's been so profitable for so long, and we're 3-0 this year in primetime unders. I So much has to go right in the NFL for games to actually just go over. And unders dominated week one. The only exception was the Dolphins-Chargers game because neither team can play defense. I'm going to go with the under in this one. All right.
0: Let's before we get into first touchdown bets and everything else of the sorts got to talk to you about hall of fame bets, because this is exactly where you go. When you want to optimize your parlay, you want to get the best out of your parlay. You want to make sure that everything is good. They have research on NFL, MLB, NBA, soccer, all of this stuff. Enter in a parlay parlay idea and the optimizer tool will get you hit rates broken down by each leg and how expected the expected probability for the entire parlay. So 100%. Stop betting in the dark. Join the over 3,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Russell are you buy underdog fantasy. Look here. Make sure you get in here and play their fantasy. Pick them two to five players. And just higher or lower on their stats, if they'll go higher or lower on their stats. And if they do, if they don't, however you spend your Sundays watching the game, whether you don't watch the game, doesn't matter. You will go in there if everything hits you. Say you go all the way five. Everything hits, and you do no insurance. You got to go all in like the DJs. Go all in. No insurance. That is 20x the amount of money you put in. 20 times the amount of money you put into the contest. That easy. Just hit the five higher or lower stats. So head over to Underdog. Look, we have a promo code SGPN. They will double your first deposit up to $100. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Next game. All right. We're doing first touchdown.
1: Yep. I'll kick over to you. I I was going to say you, you hit, you got the winner last week. So I was going to give you, but you went
0: first, but you went first. So let's, 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 let's keep the mojo going.
1: All right. Uh, So for first touchdown, I do want to pull up a couple of line of books though, because once again, you're going to see a lot of varying odds. And from what I've noticed in the past, uh, FanDuel might undercut you a little bit. So let me just pull up DraftKings for a sec and see what odds they have. Some of my first touchdown score might have to actually depend on injury report because if Gainwell doesn't play, I would take Swift. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if Gainwell's playing or not. So I guess I'm going to put that on the back burner for a second. Uh, I think for the first one, I have to go with the... Somewhat obvious choice, I'm going to go A.J. Brown at plus 750. I have questions about Minnesota secondary. Evans had a touchdown last week. Should have had two. He dropped one that was right in his lap. I'll go with A.J. Brown at plus 750 as my lowest odd option. I think A.J. Brown at 750 is worth a look, so that'll be my first choice. You want me to just let, uh, rattle all of them off, or you want to alternate?
0: Hmm. The rattle them off. That's what we did okay. last time. The, so I'm going to go with you know, AJ Brown
1: plus 750. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith at 10 to one. Once again, I have questions on Minnesota secondary. I think it might be a big game through the air. Then I will give out one Viking. I am going to go with Hawkinson at 15 to one. Trying to see if that's the best price I see. I see 17 to one on DraftKings. I'll take 17 to one on Hawkinson. And my last one. Once again, this is a PSA. If you are going to bet a defense, don't do it on FanDuel. They don't include special teams. Give me Eagles, defense, and special teams. First touchdown score, 25-1 to 1 on DraftKings.
0: All right. We did interlac in two. Would you like to guess which two? Parkinson. Okay. That was one.
1: And Devontae. No. Damn it. Eagles on, defense, no. of course.
0: Yes, it was. It was definitely Eagles defense because I could be wrong. I could very much be wrong about Kirk Cousins in this game. And if I am, I want to cash it early. So 100% down with you on Eagles defense. TJ Hawkinson. You know what? I'll talk about TJ Hawkinson a little
1: bit more. So so am I. But I I think we're going to be on the same page for taking tight ends.
0: All right. And then let's see here. Where's my notes? I, I lost my other two. All right. I couldn't get down on anybody starting for the Eagles because, well, almost anybody starting for the Eagles because all those prices were way too cheap. Like if you're giving yeah. the first touchdown for less than 10 to one, I don't, I'm not even interested. So I wasn't what interested.
1: Devont- in, not bad at 10 to one, but yeah, yeah, that was, that
0: others. was decent, but that was like the lowest I would go. Yeah. Instead. I went to a guy that they know they got to get going because he didn't do anything in week one. And that's Dallas Goddard. So I went both starting tight ends. Dallas Garder at 13-1. Thought that was a very good price. And again, he's always been a guy that Jalen Hurts has looked to in the red zone. He's gone to him a bunch of times in the red zone last week. It just wasn't there for, for Goddard. And they know that that's a reason why the offense stalled so many times it did because they weren't getting their big tight end involved. So I'm 100% down on Dallas Goddard having a way better day. I think he gets into the end zone. I think he He gets into the end zone first. He He had no catches. One one target. That is it. So they're going to definitely get him more involved. And he was very involved in the game last year. He actually led the the Eagles in receiving last year. So 100% down on Dallas Goddard having a good day. 13-1 for first touchdown. And for my last bet. I thought it was pretty insane that a starting running back was 12 to one for first touchdown. I, I, I mean, all you have to do is get, get in position, get in position and run it in behind Madison. He got a touchdown in last week. I think that while this run defense for the Eagles is really stout, I'm just expecting a big play, big chunk play by Kirk cousins and his offense and then they just punch it in with Madison at the goal line. I think that's really mispriced, and probably because they're seven-point underdogs and they're not expecting them to score first. So I'll take what is probably a little bit of an inflated price on Alexander Madison at 12 one to get his first touchdown to get first touchdown on the day.
1: Well, for usage so, alone, that's definitely a solid play for value.
0: Yep. So Madison 12 one, Hawkinson, seventeen to one, Goddard thirteen to one, and Eagles defense slash special teams twenty-five to one. All right. Let's move on into our props, and I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and go on to the TJ Hawkinson play that I alluded to. I'm on TJ Hawkinson over 47 and a half pass uh, receiving yards. And
1: I have a different prop at, on Hawkinson, so it's not a full overlap, but it's cool. okay. All
0: right, so last week he had nine targets. Man, <laughs> he had nine targets, caught eight of them for 35 yards, and. I mean, you look at this Eagles defense and they've always like, you could ask anybody that follows them. They've always struck If there was ever a place that they struggled, it was against tight end. They've always let the middle of the field open. It's always been tight ends. They've had really good days against them. No matter they had a good defense, whether they had a bad defense tight ends have been able to have pretty solid days against them. And so this is like where I see Hawkinson. You just paid him the bag. He's going to be able to take advantage of that Eagles matchup and Give Kirk Cousins a lot of easy throws in the middle of the field. If it's open, he's going to take it and they're going to continue to move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Eight target, I mean, eight catches, you should be getting a lot more than 35 yards. I think that positive regression is on the way from TJ Ockerson's performance in the first game. He's going to get over that prop, not to mention that the Eagles just let Hunter Henry go five. Uh, five catches on six targets for 56 yards and a touchdown. So I'm expecting a big day for TJ Hawkinson, and I will be talking about him again a little later.
1: Yeah, so my play, which just correlated, I took the receptions. I, I got yep. the over four and a half receptions for Hawkinson at around minus 122. Eight receptions in week one. Like he was – and. Tampa's once again a pretty good defense, but Hawkinson had a great game. He also has had at least seven receptions dating back to last year in four of the last five games. And you mentioned Hunter Henry. You didn't even mention Jasicki. The Eagles allowed eight receptions to New England tight ends in week one. And the Kobe Dean's injured. They're going to be using a backup <laughs> linebacker. I think it's a very good spot for Hawkinson. The yards should get there, but I do notice that Cousins is not afraid of really checking down into the flat all the time. So because of that, I do think that it's a pretty good spot for him to potentially get some quick passes. If the offensive line's breaking down, I think it's a good spot in general for Hawkinson to get a lot of catches. So give me Hawkinson over four and a half receptions of minus minus one twenty-two. All
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I was really going back and forth on either. And I just, uh, uh, I thought that I paid a little bit less juice for the passing yards. I thought both of them would hit. And so I'm, you're not getting any corals from me. Second prop on the day. I'm with Kirk Cousins, man. I'm backing Kirk Cousins. I'm backing Kirk Cousins. I'm doing it. Give me Kirk Cousins over 262 and a half passing yards. So, like I said, I was deep diving, and I was curious. This is what Kirk Cousins does on a short week. 299 passing yards, 216 passing yards, 291. That was a Friday, so he had five days rest, not four. But everything else was on a Thursday with four days rest. 285 422 242 449 316 257 if you take out the friday day where he had one extra day rest since 2014 on four days rest aka thursday night football kirk cousins kirk cousins has averaged 310 passing yards per game like i said No James Bradbury in this game. I think that, you know, that's going to open things up for Jordan Addison a little bit more. We may be seeing a big Jordan Addison gainer again, and he may have a nice game. I think that T.J. Hawkinson is going to have a really, really good game in this one over the middle of the field. And T.J. Hawkinson might stumble on a 70, 80, 90-yard passing day just by short getting 10, 15-yard passes through the middle of the field the whole game. So I think T.J. Hawkinson is going to have a really good game. I have another player that I'm going to talk about a little bit second. I think he can do a little something in a passing game. You add all that up, and I think Kirk Cousins is very close, if not right back at where he was at in week one on a 300-yard passing day. So while that doesn't necessarily guarantee that he wins the game, as we saw from week one, I think that he's good to at least go over his passing prop.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to back Cousins as well. I'm going to take Cousins' interception at minus 120. Uh, I think that line's too cheap. Looking at Cousins with the offensive line concerns, he threw one last week, pretty dumb pass as well. I really just have a hard time of trusting Cousins to take care of the ball the entire game. It's going to segue me into my final prop, but I do not think Minnesota's going to have success running the ball against Philly. So I think they're going to end up relying a lot on the passing game. Cousins did attempt a bunch of passes. He attempted 44 passes. So if they can't run the ball, I do expect either from game flow purposes or not, because Philly is favored by seven. I think Minnesota is going to have to throw it a lot. So the volume should give increased opportunity for interceptions. Cousins also has been really bad at throwing interceptions at, against the Eagles in the past. He's thrown at least one interception in six of his last seven games against Philly. Through three picks against the Eagles last year. I know Bradbury's injured, so that's going to be a problem with the secondary, but I'll back Cousins' interception. I still have a lot of faith in Philly's defensive line to generate a lot of pressure on that offensive line. I do think Cousins might make a panic throw, might have to force one. But I do think, once again, with the volume I'm expecting and with Cousins' history against the Eagles, minus 120 for a pick for a guy that should attempt probably 35-plus pass attempts. Maybe forty. I think it's a very good price. I like the Cousins interception at minus one twenty.
0: Yeah, I like it. I I I can't say anything about it. I mean, I think he's I think he's going to have a good passing day. I think he's going to also have a chance to throw an interception because he's well. The reason why you think that
1: is because you think he's going to throw the ball a lot. So it's yeah, in a way. Yeah,
0: he's definitely so. I'm a hundred percent there with you. And this again, this Eagles defense on the run they they were really really good against the run. I think that Ramon J. Stevenson was like some 12 for 35. Like they were really, really good against the run. And so, yeah, so hundred percent with you there. I think that if you got to attack this defense, you got to do it through the air. And that opens yourself up for Kirk cousins to do some dumb things with the football. All right. My last prop. Alexander Madison over 16 and a half rushing yards, not rushing yards. I'm sorry. Receiving yards. And this is correlated to the fact of what you were talking about and what I agree with. I think this Eagles defensive line is going to dominate the Vikings offensive line, like absolutely dominate them. And with that, what's going to happen? He's going to dump off to the tight end. He's going to dump off to the running back when that pressure comes. And so Alexander Madison, who got four targets the first week, caught three of them for 10 yards. I think that, you know, he has another chance to be able to flourish in the passing game and get these 16 and a half yards on maybe another three, three targets, three or four targets, something like that, especially some dump off passes. They gotta find ways to extend the running game because I don't think they're gonna be able to run on this Eagles front, especially with Fletcher-, Fletcher Cox in there. I don't think they're gonna be able to run on the front. So they're gonna have to find use the passing game to ex- find ways to find ways to extend the running game through the passing game. And stuff like that happens with dump offs to your running back like a guy like Alexander Madison. So over 16 and a half for Alexander Madison. I think that's a very solid play. And if you look at Ramajay Stevenson, six targets, six catches, 60 plus yards.
1: All right. So it's actually pure coincidence because we never coordinate our plays. We had the same three players for our props. <laughs> I have a different prop for Madison. We have the same three All right. players. <laughs> I got Madison under 50 and a half rushing yards. I think he's going to do Same nothing. Thought. Same on the thought process. There. Yeah, it's correlated. Then again, I feel like for game flow, I do think Philly's going to win. So I do think Minnesota's going to have to abandon the run at some point. But when you're looking at Madison and his overall numbers, Tampa's very good against the run they always have been with Vita Vea in the front. He only had 11 carries and a big reason was because Minnesota realized early in the game Why are we running the ball? Cousins is going to go for 340 passing yards. Like, we can throw it around a lot. I don't see Minnesota sticking with the run in this game. He only had 11 carries for 34 yards. Uh, The Eagles only allowed 76 rushing yards on uh, 3.5 yards per carry in Week 1. And New England historically has been a pretty heavy run team. But the Eagles, once again, are favored by 7. I have questions about Minnesota's offensive line, so I'm not sure how much they'll be able to stop, especially the interior if they can't stop Vita Veya, they got no chance against Jalen Carter. Like, Jalen Carter is going to kill the interior uh, for this offensive line. I'm on the under for Madison rushing yards at 50 and a half. He might once again go for around 12 carries. That's around four yards per carry. I don't think he's getting to four yards a carry. So, I'm going to go with the under on Madison rushing yards. The passing game, I think, has to be the focal point, especially with the injuries to the linebacking core and to the secondary for Philly. I see a lot of passes, not many runs. Give me under Madison, 50 and a half rushing yards.
0: All right. Yeah, we're pretty lockstep on the props. So, yep. let's, let's go for a 6-0 and day there. It's pretty I, – I like that. All right. Well – you all know how we end things. Let's go ahead and drop us a DFS lineup and try to win a million dollars, man. All right.
1: You want to go first? <clears throat>
0: sure. Let's see
1: here. By the way, I think it might just be easier if you read off your entire team and then I'll read off my entire team.
0: Okay, we can do that. You want to? Because hey, that anything? way, I'll just let you know how many. Overs- we haven't hit. Like we haven't won a million dollars yet, so I'm down for anything that's going to ensure that we win a million dollars. Okay, for my captain slot, I went with TJ Hawkinson. Okay. I am matter of fact. Let me just go ahead and give it out for the record. I think you can ladder TJ Hawkinson's receiving yards today, tomorrow. Well, Thursday. I think you can, yeah, you can. Whatever. You can. You can
1: bet the ladder today. So
0: <laughs> yeah, right. you can bet the ladder. I think you can ladder his receiving his receiving yard props. I think that this is a very plus matchup for him. And I think that this is an opportunity where, you know, he can prove he was worth that money and he's always had the opportunity. So uh, you can get 75 plus for plus 290. You can get 100 plus for plus 750. I think he's going to have a really good day. I can see this being one of those. 10 for 105 and a touchdown two touchdown type of TJ Hawkinson days for him. So I'm expecting a big day for TJ Hawkinson and killing that Eagles defense over the court, over the middle of the field. And with that, I took Kirk cousins. I did. I think the, I think Minnesota covers. So, you know, he can't, he can't play that bad and I'm expecting him to have a, a bunch of passing yards, 300 plus passing yards in. A few touchdowns because even though we haven't talked about Justin Jefferson on the show at all, Justin Jefferson's still there and they're going to do everything they can to try to scheme him up. But I think Jefferson still might have a touchdown in him. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to have plenty of opportunity with the weapons he has to score the football on this Eagles secondary. Next spot goes to Dallas Goddard. Like I said, Dallas Goddard, I expect him to have a bounce back day they're gonna actually target him they're going to put him in the game plan and make sure they get him going because that offense did not look good they didn't look good without Dallas Goddard and so they are going to absolutely try to make sure that he gets some work my fantasy team needs it so let's go Dallas Goddard felt like I had to throw Jalen Hurts in there that's self-explanatory I kind of wanted A.J. Brown. I didn't have the salary for him, so I went with the next best option, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith had a really good game last time. He he had caught seven passes, seven targets last game, had a bunch of receiving yards. think he got into the end zone. He got into the end zone last week against the Patriots. And so, yeah, and... The next person I had was Quez Watkins, who did get into the end zone last last time out against the Minnesota Vikings. And Quez Watkins is just the guy that Jalen Hurts likes. And so if I can get, you know, you got to have somebody different, somebody different if you want to go win a million dollars. And so Quez Watkins is that person where he can have a long ball, you know, Vikings laps and coverage. They're not really that good against wide receivers, as you saw by the game that Mike Evans and Chris Gottwin were able to have. That hey, you can have this type of laps and coverage, and Quez Watkins can get behind the defense, have a long ball touchdown, and that's going to make everything I need for the lineup. So that's my lineup. Hawkinson and Captain Slot followed up with Cousins, Goddard, Hertz, Smith, and Watkins. Over-Dee so we Scott. actually
1: only overlapped on one guy. Okay. That's so- good. We have a
0: lot of exposure. So when we win the million, one of us wins the million dollars, we can share.
1: I wasn't sure if this made sense conceptually, but I have two Philly wide receivers and no Jalen Hurts. I just decided to be a bit contrary and try to save salary a bit. So my captain was actually A.J. Brown. I think Brown had a decent week one. I think it could have been better, but it's really going back to fading Minnesota secondary. I think it's an atrocious secondary. And Mike Evans had a great game. Should have been even better. I can't once again continue to harp enough on how Mike Evans dropped a free touchdown pass. He would have had 100 yards and two touchdowns. I think A.J. Brown's in line for a pretty massive game. But looking at the overall uh, matchup here, I think A.J. Brown's going to have a good game. The overlap we had was with Devontae Smith. So I am going to back the Philly pass catchers. The problem was trying to find a good salary for Jalen Hurts because Hurts is the most expensive guy on FanDuel by a wide margin at like mm-hmm. 17500 So I could probably move some pieces around. I do want to ask about my next guy, though. This was solely based on Gainwell being injured. So if Gainwell's healthy, I will have to move around some pieces. I put in DeAndre Swift. and I the reason about was it. I was going to say, the reason why was because if Gainwell's not going to play, he was the second running back. Penny was scratched. Gainwell got most of the touches, but it was only him and Swift. Any thoughts on that? Because, of course, if Gainwell plays, I'm not going to use Swift. But as of right now, I threw him in there at 8,500.
0: No, I looked at Swift as well. And, I mean, we'll see. I didn't say Gainwell on the injury report, did I? Yeah, yeah, I did. And so, uh, we'll see. But I, I was I, I had a different lineup at first and I was really, really considering Swift. But ultimately I pivoted against it because Minnesota again didn't do a lot of things right. They stopped the run on D, like Rashad White had a, a rough day and this Eagles run game struggled against the Patriots defense as well. So I wasn't too really too bought into the run game just yet.
1: Okay, you know what? I think I actually am going to try to switch around this lineup because I really should have Jalen in there. So if Swift does not play – I mean, sorry, if Swift plays and Gainwell plays, then I won't take any of the running backs. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to prepare two lineups, basically. I mentioned the first three if Gainwell's out. Fourth one's going to be Hawkinson. I feel like we've said enough about Hawkinson. I got to use him in my lineup. And the last one I did, Eagles defense. Uh, I Mm -hmm. think they're going to be able to sack Cousins a lot. I'm expecting an interception, maybe a touchdown in there. So I had to put the Eagles defense in there. But if Gainwell does play, I will take out – okay. So if Gainwell plays, I'm going to take out Swift and I'm going to take out Devontae Smith, and I'll swap them with Hertz and Goddard. Okay. All right. I might have lost some people in that explanation, but it made sense in my head. (laughs) all right right, I'm man
0: come on man we can gambling gods i i just if i get a million dollars like i promise you you won't ever hear me ask for nothing again like I, i'm done i went i went the really maker i'm it, you ain't got to ask me i ain't i don't want nothing i'm off on the island somewhere, bothering y'all so just give me a million dollars and then i won't bother y'all no more appreciate y'all hey,
1: you do all right yes week one you do a dfs lineup in week one not yeah, thursday in the sunday schedule
0: yeah, I, I've had a, uh, multiple of them, and you know, the two of one had like a couple of people that didn't go through, so that wasn't that wasn't up there. But uh, I had a good amount of Geno Smith, not gonna lie. Okay. And a good amount of Matthew Stafford as well. And Matthew Stafford did better, but I had a good amount in that game, and it just it, uh, man, the second half by the Seahawks really blew me. All right let's see here lock anytime touchdown and we'll we'll uh yeah we'll give a prop out too so we can throw them into our uh and so we can throw them into our underdog pick them contest as well so we'll do that as well we'll do a lock anytime touchdown and one of our props just so we could throw it into the contest all right for my lock I don't think I want to lock up I don't think I want to lock up the Vikings plus seven. I don't feel that comfortable about them. I think they have a good day. Matter of fact, um, um, that defensive front's kind of scaring me off the team. So I'm just going to take Hawkinson over 47 and a half receiving. I think Hawkinson is going to have a good, a good day. That's my lock. CJ Hawkinson over 47 and a half receiving for my touchdown score who has value i want some value here that's what that's why my touchdowns fine for the people cash. at home
1: what you consider value is uh well,
0: i i really want close to two to one okay. you know i mean plus 175 is cool like but like the uh, minus 115 is like the plus 125 It's not no it's not but Dallas Goddard plus two fifty to score a touchdown. No freaking way! After I am surprised you didn't take Hawkinson.
1: Hawkinson's around two fifty five. Also, he is. It's very no,
0: but I took Hawkinson for the lock. So I decided to spread my love of tight ends to the other team. And the Eagles are favored, so Hawkinson. I mean Goddard should have more opportunities to score. Give me Dallas Goddard plus two fifty. That's my end time touchdown score and. I guess my prop uh, will go with Kirk Cousins over passing yards. Sure.
1: All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm going to go back to the uh, first prop I gave out. I am going to go with Cousins interception. I think the volume is going to be there. I think, once again, Minnesota should not be able to run the ball. So I am going to go with Cousins interception. Minus 120, I just find a pretty attractive line. So I'm going to go with that. For my uh, touchdown score, I initially had Devontae Smith. At plus 175. Mm-hmm. I think I am going to take Smith. I think Smith could be in line for a good game. He's also become one of Hertz's favorite red zone targets. We know how good he is in general. I think Smith's a pretty good deal at plus
0: 175. Ooh, back-to-back touchdowns for Devonta Smith by Scott. All right. And, I mean, you want to give out another prop?
1: Uh, sure. So, my other prop. uh, So, not including the Madison. Or we are including any of the three?
0: Uh, yeah, you can you can include any of the yeah, three. Yeah, so
1: I'll go with Madison uh, under 50 and a half rushing yards. I think the number feels a bit high.
0: All right, so let's see here. I went ahead and I put your Kirk Cousins over half interception into our underdog contest because that just felt free. And I put TJ Hawkinson higher than 47 and a half receiving yards so that that feels good we have one more you want to i i can get behind madison i can get behind madison's under and i mean madison's lower than 51 they give us 51 and a half scott sure i'll take it all right we'll do it so yeah two two hires and a lower i feel like that's been a good recipe for our success and so it's just ironic that we just went with everybody from the same team. But here's your underdog pick'em contest for Thursday night football. TJ Hawkinson higher 47 and a half receiving yards. Kirk Cousins higher half an interception. And Alexander Madison lower 51 and a half rushing yards. That pays six times your your entry into the contest. Make sure you use promo code SGPN for new customers you can get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars with SGPN that's the promo code SGPN make sure you use that promo code all new customers all right Scott anything else for people before we get up out of
1: here no not really looking forward to the Thursday night game hopefully it's a fun one and yeah we'll be back once again for the afternoon show in a couple days
0: all right. And he, I mean, really, he's at Rice Show Radio. I'm really real. Underscore, underscore. Oh, and one more thing. One more thing to plug. WNBA yeah.
1: playoff season is here. We got the podcast for it. Check out the WNBA show.
0: Yes. Make sure you check them out. Uh we will I have something to do tonight, so we'll probably do it tomorrow morning. But uh, we'll definitely get out an episode for the playoffs. We'll be here all playoffs long. Nobody in WNBA is more disrespected than Alyssa Thomas. Just going to throw that out there. All right. So make sure for the zero people that are watching us live on YouTube, make sure you like the video on the way out. And for everybody that's catching us through your ears, through wherever, through podcasts, podcasts, make sure you come join us on youtube because again zero people are in here right now we're missing y'all we have fun with our you should listen to the WNBA show everybody be in there we had cereal in the chat earlier he was giving me some gripe about my g-men but he didn't hear the intro that i had earlier Of i'm not ready to talk about it and so i didn't acknowledge anything cereal said but i will acknowledge cereal on thursday i will have all giants thoughts on thursday other than that yeah, make sure you join us here, youtube.com slash SGP and NFL. Make sure you do that NFL gambling podcast. Make sure you join us on YouTube. Come have fun with us in the chat. We'll be here Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Breaking down Thursday night football all season long. Now, I have nothing else to say. Nothing else to do. No other way of ending podcasts. We're just gonna end it like this. We are out of here.